This Podcast Movement 2022 audio session is brought to you by Supporting Cast, the best way to sell and deliver exclusive podcasts. And special thanks to PM22 Virtual Ticket Presenting Sponsor, Amazon Music. Podcast Movement Family, what is up? <laughs> we are Black Love Inc. And I will allow everybody here on the panel to introduce themselves. I'll begin. I'm David Wazicki, General Manager of Black Love Inc. I am also the host of the Man to Man Wellness Podcast, part of the Black Love Podcast Network. Hey, David. Hey. <laughs> Hi, family. I am Cody Elaine Oliver. I am the CEO of Black Love Inc. as well as the host of My New BFF and a co-host on the Mama's Den podcast on the Black Love Podcast Network. And my five-year-old is here in case he starts talking. Right on. Peace, good people. I am Kariga Bailey. Uh, there's an Amber Alert going off right now, just in case we're all, it's buzzing. But um, I'm Kariga Bailey. Uh, my wife and I host the Soul Affirmations uh, podcast on the Black Love Podcast Network, storyteller, uh, practitioner of love. Peace. Okay, I have a soft voice. Peace, I am Felicia Gangloff Bailey, co-host of Soul Affirmations podcast with Kariga and Felicia on the Black Love Podcast Network. Happy to be here. Hello. I'm Melanie Clark. Uh, I am half of The Amazing Clarks, and I am a love and relationship coach and podcaster on the Black Love Podcast Network, The Amazing Clarks Podcast. This is my husband, Anthony. <laughs> uh, what's up, guys? I'm Anthony Clark, um, Melanie's husband uh, from The Amazing Clarks Podcast. We're both uh, certified life coaches and relationship coaches. And if I sound a little weird, it's not a speech impediment, it's a Brooklyn accent. <laughs> All right. Thanks, family. And thanks for that clarification. Uh, <laughs> so I will kick this off. If you're not familiar with Black Love, Inc., Black Love, Inc. began with the impetus of Black Love, the docuseries, which is the brainchild of Cody Elaine Oliver to my left. And, you know, from going from television then going into digital with all of our social platforms to creating an OTT app to events to all the things in between, we finally arrived upon the Black Love Podcast Network. So with all of that said, Cody, I'd love to ask you the first question. Why podcasts? Um, the short, okay, going back just a little bit to your point, right? We launched the Black Love docuseries in 2017. My husband and I had been doing interviews with couples since 2014. And Black Love, my desire to create a place where black love stories live came as early as 2008. So for me, I always wanted to not just tell the romantic love stories, but to honor all of our stories and our parenthood journeys, our um, self-love journeys, et cetera. Like I knew that I wanted to do that. And so when the docu-series began, one year later we launched blacklove.com as a means of seeing those editorial stories written out, right? And having people share that same transparency that the show was known for online. Um, but all of the other extensions, the podcast in particular, 
particular, it was both understanding, like finding people where they are, right? If, <laughs> you know, if that's where people are, are learning other folks' stories, if that's where people are connecting, then we wanted to make sure that we have a voice there as well. And it was very easy to identify the talent that we wanted to continue to share their stories because it was clear, A, people gravitated to the docu-series, but it was also clear even before episodes of Black Love aired with these couples in it, when, and David, who's not even on the show, but knowing these people, it was clear where their passions lie. It was clear how they're able to articulate their unique perspectives on men's wellness, black men's wellness in particular, on the beauty that is love in the form of grief. And on these two totally changing our lives as we sat down and, and did this interview with them, I, I, y'all, hopefully y'all will understand the amazing Clarks and why they're truly amazing. But it was just obvious talking to them right away that these are voices that everyone needs access to and not just me and Tommy in the, in the one hour interview that we do. Thank you for that. Um... I'd like to start going down the line so you can all get a feel for their personalities, their POVs. Uh, so I'll go to Kariga and Felicia next. And one question I'll ask, kind of have my own answer to it, but what brought you both into this space? What compelled you to say podcasting is that platform to get this energy out? Good question. Go for it, man. Me? Uh, there's so, so, so much was happening in, in 2019, 2020. Um, I actually really don't even know where to start, I, and I'm going to be like, completely transparent. I'm thinking of um, Karee and I experiencing the double transition of our daughter in 2019, septer, September 30th, which actually is making room for me to even be here today. Um, there is power in telling our stories um, because it creates opportunities for connectedness. Um, and with that, there are opportunities for love. So I want to acknowledge that first. And in doing so, in sharing our stories, Karee and I began sharing our story on social media, right? Would you say that's kind of like where it started in terms of like sharing and talking with people just about our experience with grief and it? Mm -hmm. um, Processing it as love. Mm -hmm. Okay. Correct. Okay. So, yeah. so I'm going to start there. Well, I, I love the um, Felicia has this honesty about her that oftentimes when she isn't clear where she wants to start, she's honest about it. But what I find is that her honesty with herself is what creates the relatability for other listeners. She's really good at not pretending to have an answer, and she's even better at pursuing an answer or taking time to investigate her process until she arrives at one. And that's one of the most, uh, I think in the podcast space, is one of the most beautiful things about co-hosting with her is that honesty. And then also that dedication to like, I'll investigate it until it makes sense to me, right? And she's been doing that seamlessly for us uh, and for a world that is really grief illiterate. Felicia has been creating um, pathways for us to have deeper understandings. As I will say, I have myself, but I admire her pacing and her courage. So what asks us, what brings to the podcast space? I think that, um, as Felicia named, it is the way black love, the community, not just the show, 
has wrapped their arms around us, uh, creating safety and telling the, the fullness of our story. But I'll also say that like before storytelling or social media storytelling, we were academics, teachers and researchers, and, um, and also musicians and authors. And what I found in the segment of, we were working actually on some short films with KQED in the Bay Area, and I started to realize there's power in telling story for yourself, but not necessarily by yourself. And if you could find community to help you tell this story, to help you make connectedness, help you make room for love. So Black Love as a community, but Black Love as a podcast network made absolute sense for us because it provided the safety and the connectedness we needed to explore grief as an experience of love. So yeah, that's what brings us here. It was storytelling. It was telling it for yourself, but not by yourself. Feel that. I love that. I feel a lot of what he always, yeah. <laughs> I feel like everything Kariga puts down, I pick up. Um, I love this dude. <laughs> to that end, and you, you guys have both answered that, answered this next question for me. So I'm going to bring it on down to the amazings over there. <laughs> Has there been a moment that reaffirmed why you're doing this? Um, 100%. Every day is reaffirming that we're doing the right thing. Um, Anthony and I have been coaching together for about 25 years and just pouring love into people one by one. And when we met up with the lovely Cody and got on Black Love, it was literally a manifestation. It was something we had been asking the universe for. We asked to be servants. We asked to spread love. We really are about love. Our love is beautiful and it's a vibe and people pick it up and want more of it and we're out here sharing it. And Cody has positioned us to do that in such a bigger way than we could do ourselves. And we're always grateful for that. So every Monday night when we record our <laughs> podcast, we are reaffirming like we are here to spread love and create a love revolution. We're all so powerful and we have so much love in us. And when we bring that out, we change the world. And that is our mission. Good job. You know, like Melanie said, we've been coaching for 22 years and we've been together for 30 and we dealt with a lot of, well, first of all, we wanted a platform that we could share what we do. Because when we go into coaching sessions, not everybody can afford our coaching. Not everybody can coach with us. So we wanted a platform where we could share what we do with the world on a large scale, especially the black community. And so we dealt with a lot of TV shows that we would, that wanted to pick us up and things didn't work out. And a lot of times with the TV shows, they wanted us to sell out. They were like, okay, we want you guys to do a drama show. We want you to make people fight. And it's like, nah, we're about love. We're not about that. So we kept turning them down. And when Black Love came along and offered us the opportunity to do this podcast, for one, they wanted us to be us. They didn't try to dilute us. They didn't try to make us create drama. They just said, show up and be you. And we love that. And also with me, I'm not politically correct. And I say a lot of things that's off the hook sometimes, but they didn't care. They're like, be you. We know your intentions are good. And what 
women, whenever we're doing a show, and later on people reach out to us, and they share with us how what we taught them, or what we shared, how it changed their lives, or impacted them positively, that's reaffirming it for me every time. That's why we do it. That's what we're passionate about. Mm. Love that. Love that. And I think, too, the reason that it works, right, the reason that people respond to you all, the reason that I respond to you all and was excited to, like, figure out how to put each of you on a larger platform or an additional platform, right, than the show, than our socials, is all of you, we, we're all used to the social media highlights, like all the things that look good and look cute. And these people look good and they look cute. But I appreciate that each of you brings your personal journeys to being cute. <laughs> to the table, to the conversation, because the reality of everything that black love is about is that it's a journey, right? Like all this, what is it? It's not just the sweet is not a sweet without the sour, but like we, the, the sour and the challenges and the insecurities or whatever it is, like allow us to learn and be better if we're doing it right. And all of you have put a lot of time and energy into learning from your, not just your mistakes, but your experiences, the things that happened to you. You have learned from those things. You investigate what you're feeling around those things in a way that everyone, I think, can relate to and learn from. Because we're not always asking ourselves why or how can I learn and take from this. And all of you did that right before my eyes. And I was like, okay, I, I want more of this. So I feel like other folks deserve it too. And I think to that point, that's something, you know, even to this title more than just hearing all of your responses it amplifies the more than. This is bigger than than just pop culture commentary. No shade to the commentary I'm about to say, but this is more than just hip hop artists drinking over alcohol, having conversation. It's more than housewives getting at it, getting into the drama. This is more than you know, that rah-rah conversation on a weekly basis and gossip and all that said, there's a place and a space and a time for all of it. Because if we go into, if you look at any cultural dynamic, it's all there, right? We wanna, we wanna have fun, sometimes we wanna gossip, sometimes we wanna lean back and lean into the drama, sometimes, sometimes we wanna fight, sometimes we just want a good time, but as you're listening to what they're saying, and I'm sure you've heard this phrase, and if you haven't, I'll drop it right now, that black culture is not a monolith. And there are nuances, just like in every culture, just being human, plain and simple, there are nuances. There are feelings to be expressed. There are emotions to be put out there. There's vulnerability to be had in that vulnerability, which we all do in all of our podcasts and conversations, through the vulnerability is that connection, through the vulnerability is that community, which dates back to original black radio back in the day. That was the whole point of it was for a sense of community, for a sense of being seen and being able to relate. And I think our approach to podcasting is filling in those voids that you're not getting from other places. 
again, pop culture is there for a reason. It's named pop culture, it's popular, it's pop like soda, you drink it back, you enjoy it, but sometimes you wanna go deeper, sometimes you wanna be heard, you wanna be felt, you wanna feel the love, you wanna have that connection, and it comes down again to these dynamics and hearing these stories, and lastly, I'll say that's also not to say that it's not entertaining, because all the way down the line, we all love to have fun. We all wanna celebrate and amplify black joy. We all are in it. That's, that's what we're here for. That's the game. That's the end game, I feel, in life, is to tap into that black joy. So we're here for it, and we amplify it, and we speak to it. However, <laughs> there are all of these other nuances that go into our culture, and I personally feel it's time for us to express that and amplify that and put that out into the field a lot more or just as much as what you're seeing in the pop culture space. Um, to my con commentary, <laughs> I'd like to ask all of you and feel free to jump in. Um, do you think there's enough room today for black voices in this space, in podcasting? Is there are you asking, is there enough room? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I say, look, this is a simple question. My answer is already yes, <laughs> okay. but it's loaded because I'd love for you to expand on um, that. I, I would just like to add to this, yes, 100%. And I truly believe um, it's not our words that teach, it's our example. And in podcasting, we get to show up and be that consistent example. You know, on our podcast, I love it so much because I feel like I'm bringing everybody into my bedroom. Like Anthony and I are having conversations that we have at home and um, with the people that we love. And so I think we need more. Yes, there's room and we need more because we need to see each other and hear each other and learn from each other's examples. So 100%, David. Yeah, um, I, I agree. And with pop culture, it can create positive stereotypes and it can create negative stereotypes. And as a coach, with our goal is to uplift our community. And with pop culture, in, in every community, there's, when it comes to relationships, there's the wins and there's the losses. There's the people that are getting it right and those that aren't. So, but when we're portrayed as a black community in pop culture, the tendency is to portray, was to showcase our losses, not our wins. And when we, whenever we watch negative relationships, Subconsciously, we're mimicking, we're learning to mimic those negative behaviors. And so if that's what they keep showing us, they're not showing us the wins, they're showing us the negativity, then we're gonna recreate that in our personal lives. And so when it comes to us taking that narrative back, and is there room for us, we can't ask permission, we're not gonna sit there and be like, please give us room, please, we gotta take it. And that's what we're doing with black love. We're putting out the wins, not only showing you the wins, highlighting the wins, but then showing you how to get there as well. And so we're not asking, we're taking it. <laughs> there goes that. <laughs> no, I love that. Do you want yeah, to add? I just, I just, it requires movement. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. However, yeah. However, you define your podcast space. Like this connection, um, this isn't like a, an, an expert relationship dynamic where you're just listening. 
I, I'm looking into the faces of people who represent community to me. I'm looking into the eyes of people who I see in my space who are having similar experiences. So as indicative of who's in these seats, not in, indicative of who's in these seats, I say there's absolutely enough room. This room shows there's abundance. This room shows that it's important. And I always shape my lens around abundance first, mm. right? That's my first principle. It is possible. And then it just becomes on the how. So there's definitely space. And, and I thank you all for reinforcing that it is important and that there is space. Mm -hmm. right. Do you want to say something to that? Enough said. Well, I think my next question's answered. Uh, do you feel there's an engaged audience outside of the celebrity of it all? And I guess in this particular case, there's a little twist because there is some level of celebrity that you all here brought to the stage, self-included, um, that you've all brought to the podcast network. But prior to it, if, if you would have come into this without Black Love, docu-series, and you came to the podcast network as yourselves without the show, do you still think there is room for that and there's still a way to engage and have that engaged audience that comes back time and time again to be able to tap into your stories and what you're putting out there? Absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, and I say that obviously from my lived experience, right? Um, I mentioned the double transition of our daughter, 2019, and Kariga and I uh, making room on our social media handles to talk about our experience with grief, um, talk about the love that we were experiencing in grief, um, also making room for my identity as an angel mother um, and creating more room for other angel mothers who had experienced a loss similar to mine to come in and connect because, like I said, like connectedness is incredibly important. It is a basic human need. I talk about it often on our podcast. Um, but starting there, I mean, and that's where we began. We started talking and creating space. And each week, we're seeing people joining into the live. We're, see, we're getting questions. Now we're seeing people say, hey, you should have a podcast because we're only doing it once a week. And then like sometimes, depending on what's happening with tech, like it'll either save or you'll miss it. So um, I mean, I'm, I'm saying all that to say that before even jumping into our podcast with um, the Black Love Podcast Network, we were creating space. And I think um, there is room for all of our stories. Um, because they are so diverse. I feel like we're like the most diverse group of people on this planet. And um, although like there are similarities across the diaspora, um, no glass is breaking the same and, and no plate is put together exactly the same. Like mm. there is a uniqueness in our story, but across that um, there are, there, there is the opportunity for connectedness. Um, again, and like I love to say this, our differences are not deficits either, you know, so. Mm. Deficits. No, I'm saying differences are not deficits. It's evidence that the path is wide enough for us all, right? And in a relationship, a difference is a, is a strength in terms of how you see the world and how you operationalize the world. And if it's this true for a relationship that she may be oriented one way and I have another way of looking at things and together that creates binocular vision, then together is the same for all of us. The path is wide enough for us all. 
So I want to answer that partially because, so if I'm understanding the question right, do we feel like there's room for all of us, you know, all podcasters, right, celebrity or non-celebrity, and also not knowing the makeup of the room, right? Um, if folks are podcasting or if folks represent like brands or, you know, and so, because my first instinct was like, absolutely. And I say that as a comp, even for Black Love, the docu-series. We went out, we went into that, highlighting both celebrities and, and everyday people, as we say. Um, and, and with everyday people comes a range of, you know, social media, influencers and not, et cetera. Um, and with that, I've seen how people don't stop talking about the two of you. Like, people come up to me and be like, Felicia and Kariga, you know, and even the two of you. And so I know from that lens that celebrity doesn't matter. It's, it's transparency and authenticity around whatever your experience is that reaches people. But, right, podcasting is a business. Like, we all have a, have a responsibility, black love, as well as the podcasters themselves, me included, um, as a host, right? We all have a responsibility to do our part to ensure or to help our message, our efforts reach far and wide. Um, but my instincts in response to your question is that anybody who's coming from an authentic place has an opportunity to have a voice that reaches the masses. Yeah. Um, and also it's like, what does mass mean to you? Like, what are your goals here, <laughs> right? There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of nuance in there, but, but my point is if you have a voice, if you're coming from a place of authenticity, excuse me, if you use your voice, we all have one. If you use your voice and you're coming from a place place of authenticity, then you deserve to be here. And you deserve yeah. to be in this space and you deserve to win. But but we all have to put in that extra effort to make sure that folks are actually finding us, right? Go on the lives and let the people know. Um, because one thing I know about Black Love, which premiered on OWN's network as the number one unscripted series in the network's history, and that's not just like a drop. My point is, even with that. I didn't even know, know they was in the room. Even with that, there's so many people who have never heard of it. Yeah. We, just, we just started a TikTok presence two months ago, and they're like, oh, what is this? You know what I mean? And we're showing content that's five years old. And people are like, oh, look at that. Viola Davis talked about her marriage. My point is, like, you're always, there's always more people to reach. So we have to do that work. Yeah. You know, I want to add to that. I think the key is it's like your fingerprint. Everybody's fingerprint is unique. Nobody ever had your fingerprint, nobody ever will. So your story, no matter who you are, your story is unique. The challenge is, do you have the balls, do you have the courage to be authentic and naked enough to tell your truth, regardless of how other people respond to you? And I think that if you're able to get naked like in that way and reveal yourself in your true story, that there's always gonna be room for it. Because if you're doing it right, we're not here to fit in. We're here to stand out. But you just have to have the courage to stand out. Yes, you can. Can I touch go, on Cody. what your husband said? If you go to YouTube, Black Love's YouTube page, we have a video called Keep Your Balls, which was, yeah, which was led by Anthony. I just, it was all this husbands is. talking about how to keep your balls. And I just, that's what Anthony means when he says he I says what's it. on his mind, okay? <laughs> He warned you. And, and, keep your, and keep your balls isn't just the guys. You got lady balls too. You know what I'm saying it's it's general. It's across the board. 
Um, I just wanted to add, I wanted to answer that question as well. Um, being authentic and vulnerable and telling your story, we were telling our story for 20 years before Black Love. That's how we got on Black Love. Because when you tell your story, people connect to you, they listen, and they connect you. When I say it's a manifestation, we had been spreading our story, like I said, for 20 years, and the people in our lives, when Black Love came out, you guys need to be on Black Love. You guys need to be on Black Love. But because we were so authentic in our story. Mm -hmm. so. That's how you get there. You have to tell your story. Was that a chill? Did you have a chill? I had a chill. I had a chill. <laughs> I had a chill because, I mean, we get to listen to this perspective that has been, I mean, it's, one, listen to the story. It's, they'll tell you so much. But to have the wisdom coming from, you know, 30 years of union is just, it's, it's a really a treat. That's the whole thing about the Black Love series, learning from so many other different couples on what that practice of love looks like. So I, I really appreciate that. Well, on that note, uh, we're gonna open up to Q&A. If anyone has questions, here come the hands. Here comes the mic. Hello, I just wanted to first say, I've watched every episode of Black Love. That dating pool out here is, has monkey pox, but y'all give me hope. Um, but I wanted to kind of, touch on, like you said, Black Love came about like in 2008. And clearly you felt strongly enough about it to continue it. Um, I have a podcast, we've been doing it for five years. And it's kind of getting to the point where it's like, well, do we, I mean, we still love it. You know, we still love it, we still love podcasting. But what was it that motivated you to continue or to keep going when you felt like, you know, no one else was hearing you or seeing you or anything like that? Um, for Black Love as a docu-series and the platform as a whole because I always knew I wanted it to be more than the any one thing because really the first iteration was a coffee table book um, but it was it was in my soul like I honestly couldn't not do it and there were times where it fell off the wayside fell by the wayside there were times where I wasn't pushing any effort around black love but it never left my spirit and so that honestly was the driving force. And every time I felt the need, every time I personally felt the need or met someone where I was like, man, I wish I, in my mind, I'm like, I wish I had that black love thing that I could give them. That show that I didn't, you know, podcasting really wasn't a thing in 08, but like, I wish I had that thing that I can hand them or show them so that they felt what I wanted them to feel, supported, worthy, loved, capable. Um, so it just never left my spirit. And now there are all these different avenues for us to showcase, highlight, discuss, investigate, I like it, um, and experience black love with others. And so that's, that's how we got here. Hi. How you doing? Uh, <laughs> the tipping point of, you know, because of course 2008, there's no podcasting, there's nothing of that nature. Um, and I guess the inspiration of Black Love was how for you? What, yeah. what, what did you see originally the, the before the, it was in your soul? The who? It was in my soul when I was like 11, so. <laughs> but, I mean, short story. My parents got divorced when I was 11 after 16 years, and I felt blindsided. So I was like, wait, how do you know if it's going to work or not? 16 years is a long time for y'all to just get divorced. 
And I carried that for a really long time. And um, so I, black love was always a thing for me. Not just black love. I'm, I'm super black. My parents, you know, collected black art, served the black community as lawyer, doctor. Like, we just are committed to helping our community as best we can. And I'm not a doctor or a lawyer. And so my, my gift <laughs> was, was storytelling or asking people their business to then share with others. <laughs> And I did study journalism, but still didn't know that I would end up here. Um, yeah, for real. Journalism and film, never planning to make documentaries. So fast forward to um, 08 even, because it was before that. But in 08, there was a narrative of a black marriage crisis. There was uh, the apps, the dating apps were new. And we were told that black people were being swiped left more frequently than other people. We were told that if you were a black woman with, more degree, with multiple degrees, you're less likely to get married. At this point, I'm 25. I got two degrees. And sad, <laughs> right? Like, this is hopeless. And at the same time, the Obamas were campaigning and ultimately elected into office. And we were all like, ooh, black love, that's so beautiful. Their family's so beautiful. This couple's so beautiful. And, and, and that reaffirmed for me like, how important it is to see it. I even felt him becoming president and little children being able to say, wow, there's a president that looks like me. I can do that. I felt like, OK, if we show people that there are couples who look like them, despite what the media is saying, then we can all feel like we can do that. And even then, we're not like sitting, I mean, I'm not, I think y'all are the same, but we're not sitting up here like marriage is the only way. My parents got divorced, I still love them, they still love me, so, so for me it was like, how do we talk about what a healthy relationship looks like? How do we talk about healthy conversations in parenting? Son, can you please stop doing that with the pen? <laughs> Thank you, baby, thank you. Um, <laughs> how do we? How do we talk about healthy parenting, healthy, um, all of the relationships that, that lead us to partnership and what we're bringing to the table? And so the tipping point was all that was going on, 07, 08, couple of friends who were feeling very bitter about the status of black relationships. And I was like, man, I just want to create a place where black love stories live. And I want to see myself in the longevity of partnership and parenthood and friendship and self-love as opposed to just reading about it in magazines and books and on TV shows that don't look like me. Of course, of course. Yes, girl. Um, I have a question. How are, is there a plan to show the diversity of black love stories as a black queer creator and someone who centers my community every day with my shameless plug queer news podcast. Um, how are we showing black queer love as well? Sure. Um, Y'all got to ask my, my friends here some questions too. But um, the short answer to that is we, we, I say it, but I still feel like you can check me, right? We work very hard to show diverse relationships in the Black Love brand, on the Black Love docuseries, on our socials and our video content, because as we I think we mentioned, there's a streaming platform as well where we have several series. Um, so we do that. With the podcast network, if I'm not mistaken, at this point, we don't have any queer hosts. Um, but so to your point, you know, that's a miss and we're growing. Um, so I appreciate you pointing it out. And so, but it is something that as a brand, my husband and I who founded the brand, for sure these people right here, we're committed to continuously having conversations that are inclusive. 
on our own in our own platforms, right? When we're talking about grief and love, when we're talking about relationship dynamics, when we're talking about uh, black men, um, and then of course the mamas and, and my new BFF, we make a commitment, right, to include guests and include conversations that are Surely. inclusive, and we're still growing. Surely, absolutely. Hi, good evening. My name is Jordan Thompson. Thank you all for being here. Um, I know you all spoke on the idea that black people are not monolith. Um, and so I brief briefly wanted to talk about or ask your opinion on the idea of double consciousness. Um, I, I don't know if you all are aware of like W.E.B. Du Bois and his idea of double consciousness. Um, but how important or how do you balance the idea of this sense of double consciousness, um, being a black person in a world um, that's predominantly white male dominated, especially in this specific industry? So how do you balance the idea of double consciousness um, um, and really amplify your voice in a world that may is intended to suppress it? You said your name was Jordan Thompson? Correct. Uh, if I could share, I named earlier that um, I exist in a privilege of being insulated by black, a black world, black creators, black leadership, right? And I've been able to exist in the fullness of love and grief and loss and joy in this, in this blackness. And I experienced uh, a very different world upon entry here, okay? And I noted that. And the courage to note that and the safety to note that is what I named. And I name it as a privilege, not because I brag about it or it's just, you know, black thing, everything black, right? Because we have music that makes like everything black the way to be, you feel real good for the moment. But I name it as a privilege because I recognize that that is not the status for so many people who I identify with. So I first exist in this space with great love and empathy for folks who are trying to find these types of communities. And I also create invitations for anybody to come sit with and exist with this type of love. But I, Jordan, I don't have to exist in double self, in double consciousness anymore. I went, I came from South Sac, right? My parents are from Jamaica. I came from Meadowview in Sacramento, the same neighborhood where Stephon Clark was killed. That's my neighborhood. And then I went to Hampton. And I was trying to figure out, how does this world work? Like, what is this world that I'm entering? And I saw a lot of, and I explored a lot of, and I was defining my own consciousness, and I learned of the double self-consciousness, right? But what I know is this. Love is the highest call we can work for. And when we submit to love, in its fullness and its practice, it transcends all division. It transcends all division, but only when we surrender to it. Not when we brand it, not when we monopolize it, not when we monetize off of it, not when we prioritize certain love stories. But if you, if we collectively, and this is what black love is aiming to do, it's a collective invitation for all of us to lean into love more deeply, more richly. It transcends all the division. And I can feel when love is in a room, no matter what this person's presentation is, and I can feel when it's not. And I don't put myself in rooms where love is not the presiding fact, right? So that goes for work, that goes for creativity. I center that as my priority, and it has kept me insulated and kept me well. 
and has kept me on the learning cusp from so many different people, so many different presentations. But I'm glad that black love was the space that I got to name that and be that out loud. And I wish that for all of us. Ooh. Mic drop. <laughs> I want to, can I add to that? Check, check, mic. Am I on? Yep. Okay. And you're absolutely right, brother. Um, one thing that I would add, and he, and he tapped into love, the way that we've learned to operate and the way to overcome those obstacles is to tap into that higher consciousness and energetically, because when we start tapping to that God source energy, we can overcome anything, but go beyond the physical. They can control the physical, but you can't control this. And this is where our power is. And so right down to attracting this show, we energetically, before we even got on black love, we used that higher consciousness to go, I told her one day, we, after we saw it, it was like, babe, we're gonna be on black love. Yeah? Watch, let's manifest it. And we start using our high consciousness to focus on it, to talk about it like we already have it, to think like we already have it, to get in alignment with it. And then it came to us. And so the key, amateurs chase, professionals attract. Mm -hmm. um, I just wanna add one other thing also. It is not your responsibility that some people lack love. It is their responsibility. It is our responsibility to love ourselves and we shouldn't have to split ourselves in half to do that. If someone shows up in front of you and they don't flow love to you, that's on them. The universe takes care of them. You stay in love. You stay in love. It works. Yes, ma'am. I had a question. So, first of all, this is my second time to hear that the way to do something is to, buy, is to do it by becoming that. So. Uh, there, there clearly is something to it. But also in reference for these pod, for the podcasters that are here, how, what would you say um, with all of the distributors and everything that are looking at analytics? We talked about pop culture and all of those things. Those are quick, they get lots of people, lots of, and like you said, there are a lot of positive things, a lot of other stories. So what are some, what are some keys to getting over those hurdles? If there are some resources and things like that, that podcasters may be able to tap into so that uh, distributors and people that they're going to to make deals with um, can get the ear of those folks to do the things that you're doing. I mean, let me, let me put it this way. Looking at the title, my expression of commentary that I said earlier, we're doing the same thing that many of you as podcasters starting out are going through. We're doing the same thing because we're going against the grain of Again, pop culture and those easy ways of looking at black culture, right? Within those simple definitions that I explained before, still no shade. However, it makes it more challenging because it is 100% black owned and operated. We are in therefore independent. So we still look for additional distribution. We look for how do we get ourselves out there? How do we get the name out there? How do we get all of this beautiful energy out there and break through the mold. So we're all going through it together. 
Um, however, I, I think I go back to the authenticity of it all. Oh, this. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, thank you. Um, the authenticity of it all. Staying true to what you bring to the table and what you amplify is number one. I, th I think they have all <laughs> clearly shown that through 20 some odd years of authenticity and vulnerability, their vulnerability, me, when I get vulnerable with all of my um, guests, Cody the same way, when she gets vulnerable and talking about being a mom and a CEO and having to navigate all the things, at the end of the day, that's number one. Once you can stay true to yourself consistently, because I will say the majority of folks quit less than a year into this thing. Did I not? Oh, consistency. <laughs> consistency. <laughs> but that is it. Like, truly, the consistency of it all is number one. Once you can get that is when you can get into these rooms and have these conversations where not only your confidence, but understanding what you represent, what your brand is, what you bring to the table, becomes an easier conversation and an easier dialogue with all of these folks. And I'm gonna say that firsthand because I was trying to represent this two years ago. And how many responses did I get back? That many. Two years in, doing the same thing, the conversations are different, but it's still an uphill battle because we are looking to break the mold. We are looking to go into those areas that we know we are all looking and seeking out. I mean, it all started with Black Love, the docuseries. We knew there was, a, she knew there was a void and we knew we had to amplify that. I knew I had to come in and amplify that. So we do it again with the podcast network where now we can even dive deeper, continue those nuances, continue that authenticity, continue with consistency, and that's what brings you into these conversations. Never give up. Michael? And I, <laughs> Mike Trump. Our time fully ran out. Yeah, we ran over. Thank you for giving us uh, the additional two minutes to answer. And thank you all.